0: So here we are to talk about gentlemen, maybe where the album begins. (laughs) (laughs) It certainly feels like a a sort of a a new beginning. Just just the experience of listening to this front to back.
1: Yeah, we've just come through the to use a term that they use much later. We've just come through some sort of birth canal into (laughs) this. Yeah, Uh, like, oh, boy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the sonic experience of this track starting is is one of like opening up into a world. Like, yes. like there you are, right on the downbeat, and what a downbeat it is! Oh, yeah. that's, that's, it's an amazing sound. It uh, really is. Oh, <laughs> and uh, and we haven't heard it yet. Like this, this is yeah uh, on this album. This is the the entrance of the tritone, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is such an important interval for, like, any kind of, like, metal music. Like, that's all yep. over the place. Is just the bread and butter. Like, this is just the thing you land on to make sure that people never feel comfortable while you're listening to it. Yep. Right, and I mean, yep.
2: and that's... I think that's such a good note uh, because, uh, no pun <laughs> intended, because when whenever I think about this song, I always think this is, like, the most post-hardcore that Me Without You sounds. Mm. You know, like, this yep. is very much the be- the beginning of the song is very much like in the scene in that moment uh, of that mm-hmm. time it's it's definitely I think if you were to ask people in 2002 what song hooked you into me without you I think a lot of them would say gentlemen because it was it was so without it, a doubt it fit the scene so well compared to the rest of the record
0: so, from a, from a musical standpoint, what that opening sound is, which has all the evocations of a, a genre and a style and a scene and a moment, from a just a functional standpoint, we have a tritone, which is the, probably the least stable interval in, you know, in a... 12 Could you just quickly explain scale. what a tritone is, yes, Stephen? Certainly, I can. So, in a major scale... The fourth note is a D. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm starting at A. A major. A, B, C sharp, D, E, F sharp, G sharp, A. That note's not part of it. It's halfway between the fourth scale degree and the fifth scale degree. So.
3: Okay.
0: That's, it's right there.
3: Um,
0: <laughs> the reason, yeah, and we'll talk about that That riff uh, is important for this album. It uses the tritone in a different way. But the reason it's called a tritone is because you can do a whole step. And if you build three whole steps on top of your initial starting pitch, you get to that. You get that. Yeah. It's also literally the halfway point between note and the octave above so if you play this note and the octave above within a key you split it it's one four five one like that's Mm -hmm. that's the progression you keep expecting Yeah. Yeah. but that tritone between the four and the five is actually the pitch that is the the dead center it's the opposite end of the pole but it's completely unstable it has to resolve out one way or the other right yeah wow so there's there's an old story that that has been repeated uh, so many times that the tritone was was called the devil in music in the medieval era. Um, my understanding is that that is false. Okay. Yeah. But it's a super interesting story nonetheless. I wish it were um, true. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and so so does every metalhead on I the know. planet. <laughs> right.
3: Exactly.
1: <laughs> No, but I mean, it's fitting because like if you are a fan of slasher horror movies, I mean, tritones are throughout all of Friday the 13th. There's a sound that happens whenever Jason's about to come on the screen and it's a tritone like it's everywhere. You you need it. (laughs) Yeah, you need it. Exactly. It's unnerving. It's scary. I mean, I remember back in my in my choral days, you know, when I was in choir for
0: a year, they were like. No tritones, never, yeah. never tritones. It's yeah like no, no. And, and it's true that like in in musical treatises for the last thousand years, like when <laughs> when people took this stuff really seriously, there was always rules about how to either avoid this interval completely or if you're going to use it, how to get out of it as quick as possible and in mm. sort of a gentle way that that you know leaves it somewhere else. You would never put it at a you know, in any sort of a downbeat then <laughs> a downbeat, yeah, in an era where people <laughs> thought that this stuff had, you know, real weight for how society was going to go <laughs> like this it's There's a lot loaded into that sound now that alone resolves out but it doesn't actually tell us right now if we're in the key of of a major or a minor because you would need either a c natural in the middle or C sharp in the middle to establish major or minor key we just know we're in A absolutely we're in A and we got this ugly note on top (laughs) but immediately wow that thing is is an A minor chord in in an inversion up higher so you Mm. get the A minor information you need just a second later So so out of the gate, it's established we're in A minor. Here's the thing. We've just come out of this instrumental track, A, which had these two things going on, which was this low bass part that's pulling you into B minor. Keep that in mind. So letter B, minor mode. That's what the bass is doing. Meanwhile, the guitar synth high stuff is pulling you up towards A in a major mode. So you have B minor and A major coexisting as sort of potentialities in this instrumental track that precedes Gentleman. Right out of the gate, what you get in Gentleman is the opposite of that. You get A minor <laughs> and B major stacked on top of each other
1: oh in a way God. that does Crazy. not
0: gel at all. Yeah. So so whereas before, we have this really nice sort of like jazzy sounding chord implied of like that's basically what all of, of that A instrumental track is is doing is that now we have some funky like it's it's an a minor chord adding the note that by definition makes b major what it is so oh my gosh So I woke up at like four in the morning one day and I couldn't stop thinking about this moment and these (laughs) notes back and forth. And so I was just laying in bed sort of muttering to myself. And finally, when my wife woke up, I, I was telling her about this tritone and her half awake, half asleep response was, oh, well, that's that's the voice of God. So that was her reading and like my like incoherent ramblings is that like (laughs) wow is is that this invitation towards some kind of happy ethical life, the thing that makes B major, B major, is sitting there right at the beginning clashing against this A minor thing underneath it.
1: Because A minor is a very dark chord. It
3: is. It
0: it is really dark. So that, wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh,
1: that's so cool.
0: And, you know, if you want to read it that way, it adds this whole other layer of what could be meant by this this statement. You know if that's what's being sung right before it. Because, again, it's a threshold. Is
1: it the first threshold or the last threshold? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. (sighs) Wow. okay so so we get that initial mm-hmm. rip roaring high energy high yep. octane feeling i want to start two stepping to it <laughs> uh, clear clear the freaking pit people let's yep. go yep and then we get this driving drum beat yeah oh my gosh what an incredible moment just hitting the drum so hard so aggressively yeah Leading into this more spoken word, half yell, half, half spoken first verse. And is this the first song where we can really call it first chorus, first chorus? I really think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Because there's
1: repeated structures. The chorus is. By and large, the same, you know, yep. lyrics change, but it's sung the same way and all of yeah. that. Yeah.
0: No, I think this has a clear verse chorus structure. And that I think part of what makes this such a standout track on the album is that whatever else is going on from a formal standpoint, it actually feels familiar. Like it has it feels funny to call it a pop sensibility, but it has a yeah. little bit of that. It does. Right. Like it, I mean, compared it to really the does. other
2: tracks we've talked about, <laughs> yeah. it absolutely
1: does. Yeah. Yeah. 100 percent.
0: I'm going to get out of the way and let you all talk about the lyrics real soon, but I just want to say <laughs> the thing that happens after we get out of that riff repeating a few times we're going to play the guessing game again the note that repeats the entirety of the verses, anyone want to guess what note that is? It's B uh, No, in fact, <laughs> no, it's A, it, a. It's a. <laughs> But a, a major not A no, It's or, just or A, it's a it's, not it's, sharp no, or It's flat. not decorated with anything, there's no oh, fifth I mean, maybe wow. it's a power chord with like mm-hmm. a light fifth in the middle, okay. there's no major or minor but it's like if, if you want to establish that like these notes have some sort of symbolic communicative value yeah a is the most like insistent oppressive sound you can imagine on this track because it just keeps happening over and over again with, mm. with no relief really and there's literally no other music it's it's you know it's Aaron with his vocals it's all three you know, two guitars and bass all just playing the note a and then it's like driving drum beat on top of it In in what you know, I'll throw in one classical term here and then shut up. Uh, It's it's an ostinato. It's just the Italian word for obstinate, but uh, it's (laughs) it's served in a kind of a role through music history as a as a way just of creating this sense of insistence and and driving energy. And it's gotcha.
1: (laughs) Are there words in this song? There certainly are. There certainly are so uh joel you want to read the first verse sure we never met you and i we
2: were always inside we were were somewhere somewhere inside one another and i'll live without you love but what what good is one glove glove without the other other. still you only ask ask about my leaving leaving. oh but But honey i had no choice So I call, and when you hear that heavy breathing, for that sound of your voice. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm tempted to try to just like make sense of this on its own terms, just to describe what's happening without thinking about it in the context of everything that we've already discussed our theory in terms of, yeah. yeah i think that's good um, i think it, it i think that's that. the proper
1: way to analyze the poetry is what is happening in front of us before we bring in the context of anything else so yeah that's i'm with you
2: right so i th- i mean i think that there's definitely well <laughs> i'm about to just to to break what i <laughs> for depart just from what said. I just said, but there is a, a thematic similarity that I want to point out between yep. what's going on here and uh, what's happening in bullet to binary with the reference to Rumi. Mm. Right. So we were always inside. We were somewhere inside one another. Uh, yes. I'll live without you love, but what good is one glove without the other? That to me evokes the idea of uh, Rumi's poem, right? That Aaron is referencing, at the beginning of Bullets Binary, right? This idea, as we talked about in that episode, of things that are paired together that don't, that are are just naturally together, always, right? That don't belong apart, right? And yep. in the context of Rumi's poem, it's... Intended to to be about you and God, right? right? That yes, um, that you don't schedule time to be with God. God is always with you, you know. But that's what I get from this idea of you know a, one glove without the other. Yeah, one glove is no good unless you're Michael Jackson or something, right? <laughs> yeah, um, there's uh, you know did he play the, Woodstock '99? <laughs> I don't think I don't believe so. Um, no, nope, MJ was not there. Was no, Prince? No, Prince no, wasn't. I don't either. think so. Um, but but yeah, I, I mean, there, there's a, a very similar sort of poetic uh uh analogy going on here. Um, that you find in bullet to binary, and so but I, I do think that there are also important differences. Um, totally. But yeah, that that's that's kind of where i'm I'm at with the beginning of this, right? yeah,
1: at least up until that point, I'm with you now, the major difference comes from what Stephen was just outlining for us for me is this sense of unrest coming from the tritone, as I yeah. now know to call it
3: mm-hmm.
1: leads me so there's a beauty to the to the Rumi reference if you dig in and read that poem, which go back and listen to that episode, folks, if you haven't there's a, there's a beauty to this god is always with you or or a deep friendship even if you're not physically together you are always together in in spirit this is uh there's a there's a stalker element to this there is this mike myers is this the killer from scream like <laughs> what's going on here guys because exactly thank you yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Well yeah and I mean there I think I do think it's worth maybe comparing the first verse of Bullet's Binary to this because yeah. you you do have the the some not not totally similar imagery but I think a, a similar kind of sentiment if <laughs> that's maybe hmm. not the mm-hmm. right word but the last half of that that first verse of "Blow to Binary," right? Let us be, let us be. Our closeness is such that wherever she rests her head in the softness underneath, she'll feel me, and you'll feel me, right? And then, yeah. and gentlemen, you have still. You only ask about my leaving. Oh, but honey, I had no choice. So I call, and when you hear that heavy breathing for that sound of your voice, like there's this sense of like I'm, I'm going there. to be there <laughs> yeah. always. And yeah, it is creepy and stalkerish, and I think that we we definitely unpacked that a lot in the Bullet to Binary episode.
1: We sure did. We sure yeah. did. Oh, I mean, it plays even more so in, in Bullet to Binary and the ghost, the whole, those aren't your tears, but I'm there falling down your cheek. And in the ghost, there's, uh, what's the, oh, and I feel the breath from her nose on my neck as it blows as the warmth passes me. Yeah, yeah. it, it you are constantly always there. So remove the creepy music, and there's almost a sweetness to this, the way there was almost a sweetness, a, a, a twisted sweetness in, in those. They're creepy, well, no doubt about it.
0: Okay, so let's read this line without the, the parenthetical aside. Oh, but honey, I had no choice, so I call for that sound of your voice. that's a very different line than if you take out the heavy breathing on the other end of the phone and, w- <laughs> and how he de-
1: and how he delivers that line. It's the worst. And when you hear that heavy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, yes. Aaron. Yes. Well, and I-, I, wanted to talk about the word for, for that sound of your voice, as in like, because of the sound of your voice, not, I'm not calling f- – I, I don't know. I read it in two different ways. Am I calling for your voice or am I calling because of your voice? You know, that different use of the word for. Because at least in the notation I have, it's so I call and mm-hmm. for that sound of your voice. And if you take the parenthetical aside away, yeah. it just – I don't know. It's weird. I wanted to get your y'all's thoughts about that.
2: Yeah, it's almost like the parenthetical – so I call. And when you hear that heavy breathing, yep. like that makes sense, except there's yep. like what then comes after when you hear that heavy breathing, like for the sound of for that sound of your voice doesn't make sense. Yeah. Grammatically following Grammatically. that. Right. But if no. you take the and out. So I call for that sound of your voice. But then the parenthetical makes less sense. Doesn't make as Well, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I think I think we need to bring in the context that the next line that starts the chorus is but you sit there silent. Like yeah. he doesn't get the sound of her voice. Like that's the, the logical next step. Now we get into some weird impossibilities. Like how would he know that she has folded arms if he's on the phone? Like that's well, but we'll get there he, in a second. Yeah.
2: But he also <laughs> walks he's by. He's yeah. like he <laughs>
0: look down <laughs> as I walk by. So like he's calling her and he knows where she is, but yeah, the calls coming all... from
2: inside the house. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: exactly. This is getting exactly. worse every second. <laughs> I just wanted to say something before we move on to the chorus that if if we want to read this as a beginning of a narrative arc, yeah, opening with the line "We never met, you and I" is a really really cool beginning to the beginning of a story. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's like it's like the opposite of what you'd expect. Like, oh, this yep. is about when we met. No, just saying we never met about yeah. somebody clearly who he's in some kind of interaction with. There's no meet uh, cute in this.
3: Exactly. Story.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Well, in this, uh, damn it, it just keeps playing into my time travel theory. Yep. <laughs> it's like, okay, there is no actual start to this mm-hmm. story. There is no meet cute in a sense it, that, metaphorically speaking, yep. but I'm almost wondering if there just isn't like.
3: Well, we, and then, we don't
1: actually get to see the first time they were interacting. We don't. Or, or, and maybe. then the
0: first, the first implied line from her is, "You only ask about my leaving," which you can yeah. read either like leaving in the future or leaving in the two tracks ago. Right.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, and and I wonder if you could read the "We never met" as more figurative, like we yeah, never think we never can. really knew each other, right? we you know, oh, we are together, yeah. but like we, I mean, that would make sense in the context of right. The, the sort of the third act that we've already covered, right. Mm-hmm. Where he's wrestling with the idea of giving up on this sort of missionary relationship, right. right. Where he's trying to convert her to Christianity. So maybe this is like still the narrator going back, like, I'm still in the in the present moment at the end of everything was beautiful,
3: yep. but, but I'm I mean, gonna now retrace we're, we're it calling
1: back and realizing yeah. we never met you yeah. and I. I no, I, I like that reading. I think that's a pretty logical way to read it. Because yep. that's and still the in beginning in a of the story. It's the beginning of the story, but with the hindsight of where it's going.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's so then, interesting. And you can actually then read the whole album as a straightforward linear narrative. It's just that we're, we're in the living present for four tracks. And then now we're just in a recollection for the remaining eight. Yeah.
1: Which fits with the kind of postmodern writing that Aaron makes references to a lot of like the character who might actually die at the end of a narrative. You know, I'm thinking of like Camus or something. Right. Sure. Who is still writing
2: the story. Yeah. Still
1: somehow telling you the
2: story. Yes. Yeah.
1: Despite having killed himself, spoiler alert, uh, you know, with the whole sun thing in right. uh, yeah. Stranger. Yeah. yeah. Um, so however we want to choose to read this, I think we need a little bit more data uh, from the rest mm-hmm. of the story to, to sure. figure out which is probably the strongest reading. But I'm loving all of it. Is there anything else that we want to parse? Oh, but honey, I had no choice to leave. I had no yeah. choice but to
0: be with you. I had, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's a response to that you only ask about my leaving. Yep. And so I had no choice but to leave, which it throws a, a kind of a curve into like, where, okay, what point in the relationship are we visiting right now? But at, at the very least, wherever you want to put it in the story, it it creates a sense of relational instability that like, yes, there's this on again, off again quality that like, there's a that's re- right where I was going. Yeah, yeah, It's like. It,
1: Because as we get into the chorus, especially, I start to have this sensation of they've maybe had this kind of cat and mouse game uh, to Mm -hmm. to pull it out of the creepiness for a second of like, oh, we've seen each other at shows or at these other social events and and passing glances, but never really connected. So now that they are connected, you only ask about my leaving. Like, why did you leave there? You know, that kind of early relationship stuff of like, I want you to always be near me. I want you to, why, why'd you go do that thing with your friends or something yeah. like that? Kind of the nagging partner
3: mm-hmm.
1: motif, if you will. And so, yeah, there's a lot of ways I wrote in my notes to leave the relationship or like the room or situation well, if she's and, literally being walked by. And yeah. and
0: back around again to the, to the musical sound that gets us there. We have this, yeah. like, that's a sound that has to find resolution. And it, that feels like the kind of nature of this relationship too here is that it's not It's not stable. It's got a it's got a pull in one direction or another to to stabilize. So we get to this chorus and it is a real chorus. It's the first time on this album that we've had something. And, you know, it's funny because it does repeat. But I think I, I, you know, I've listened to this song. I don't know how many dozens, hundreds of times now, but like the (laughs) the, I feel like the first time I heard it, I knew that this was the chorus as soon as it landed. It feels that way.
3: Yep, yep, totally. Um, There's
1: other parts in other songs that because of my Western sensibilities feel like they're gonna be a chorus, but they mm. never repeat. Yep. So then you're like, where did that part go? Yeah. And we'll actually get into that the transition into be still child mm-hmm. to me feels like almost a continuation. Sure. But yeah. anyway.
0: So I want I to say a quick thing about the music here, and then I'll, I'll yeah. let you all take over what all is going on in the words here. This is the first moment after that opening that we get a new musical idea that isn't just the note A repeated incessantly. <laughs> um, and I actually think this is one of the loveliest musical phrases on the album. It's a it's a mm. it's actually a four four phrase backdrop on top of. Mm. Yeah. we're solidly in the key of a minor through all that we get mm. but the first chord actually has a, a c natural in the bass and so it kind of feels like a c chord not an a chord the details of that don't matter they're closely related but we get this that's that same like you know leading tone feeling we got at the end of everything was beautiful and nothing hurt yeah and that's not like oh they invented the leading tone that's just standard tonal (laughs) progression but it makes it feel like it really lands somewhere but the thing to me that's so compelling about this is like that to me is just a lovely melody but it's this third phrase that gets me that same gesture we get in Bullet to Binary in the outro that the guitar plays. That wow, yeah. Where you have a chord. That
1: wilting descent. Yep, that wilting yeah, descent
0: cool. comes right back. I'm not thinking the band is like, oh, we need to bring back that lilting descent right here in this chorus. <laughs> but there's something about just the, the intuition about about what kind of a figure to play, because they could have easily not done that. They could have just repeated that same on the third phrase instead of
3: of continuing it
0: down. But it it just it just solidifies why this album feels like it's all in the same sonic environment. It's just this Mm -hmm. this really nice callback to that gesture.
1: Well, and in that sense, it's maybe it's not like I thinking of doom metal bands where they're literally like writing different riffs and their notation is just riff sure, riff two, riff five, you know where Mm -hmm. that's repeating, but where the chorus goes lyrically, it fits so perfectly with that. There was some intention there. Sure. Uh, Even if it was just, The feeling of it. But anyway, so the chorus first chorus goes, but you sit there silent, folded arms and look down as I walk by. My face has changed. You know, it's me, you know, by the stillness in my eyes, come and whisper in my ear. You're very pretty, dear. And and it'll be all right. You're lying, but I don't mind tonight.
2: One thing that I'm sort of realizing we've sort of talked about some some instances of where the face is mentioned, but mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think we've actually noted how many times the face or eyes sight is yep. mentioned throughout the album, and yeah. it's gonna keep actually coming back, even on on the later tracks. In but the, yeah, I mean, in Bullet to Binary, he says, "Look in our eyes, look in our eyes." In the ghost, when he says, uh, "Until I say," in his silent sound was the peace I found. But she hides behind her eyelids, mm-hmm. and then, of course, the the face in the wine, uh, in the wine glass. Yeah, see a trace right? of dark mm-hmm.
1: red that used to be my face. Yeah,
2: right, and yeah. So it, I mean, it's just it's interesting just to note that, right? The mm-hmm. the eyes, and and then in the next verse,
1: color of your eyes. Yeah
0: right well yeah. which which is the strongest tie-in that balances out nice and blue where we nice and blue he's he's just shouting you're nice and blue a eh? you're nice and blue here he can't remember the color of her eyes which sort of brings that that face imagery back into nice and blue backwards right. and then once and, you get and then, then here. what's yep
2: and then what's super interesting about that is that in be still child verse two begins the bluest iris that i'd ever
1: seen i've ever seen mm-hmm. Yep. um so, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it it happened. almost, I I think, you know, not to skip our analysis of the chorus at all, but forgetting the color of her eyes and then bluest iris that I've ever seen, to me, implies that early stage of the relationship where... There's still kind of like the lusty attraction to the person, so you're not remembering specific details about them. It's I just remember the shape of your dress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) like like, oh, that dress looked pretty hot on you. So okay, that's what's in my mind. Okay, I I think we
0: let's just talk about verse two, and then we'll round it out with the chorus because it's it's similar to the the first one, but it it does something noticeably different at the end. So. two. I, I wonder, uh, and I wonder, I mean, there's like, there's like a Christmas song. that's a similar title. I don't want to, I don't want to like bring that into it right now. I always <laughs> think about that on that line. But this is, there, there's this kind of pacing around, you know, restlessness about the line that yep. goes perfectly with that music that's just this unrelenting, you know, driving A thing that keeps happening. Yeah. And your absence beating inside my chest. I mean, it's it's perfectly within the universe of the kinds of metaphors that are on this album, but it's a great line.
1: It's a really good line. Yeah. Quintessential emo, you know, hardcore. Right, just, yes. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. good.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, the, to me, that line, I try, but I can't remember the color of your eyes, just the shape of your dress. I mean, it's it's got... It's got this, you know, lusting after somebody's body instead of seeing like who they are as a as a person, like mm-hmm. all over it. That's what's going on. I, I think way back at the beginning of the show, sometime I mentioned the work of, of Ian McGilchrist, who wrote this this really, really incredible book called The Master and His Emissary about the two sides of the brain and how they perceive the world differently and, mm-hmm. yeah. and process it differently. And so in, in McGilchrist's explaining of it, the left hemisphere of of the human brain is this sort of side that needs to like grasp and conquer and, and take control of things. And, and the right hemisphere it works in this sort of a nurturing relationship sort of a way. And so, at the, so it's like right here, we have this moment of just like the, the sheer physicality of a person is something that could be conquered and taken. Whereas like to look somebody in the eye, you have a fundamentally different relationship with them.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's great this this verse, I have to say overall, is one of my favorites in the entire me Without you catalog. Yeah, it's just it's so memorable. I think that most fans who know the record, right know like the anticipation of where this verse is going um, <laughs> yep. is like so, so overwhelming. It's... Right. Yeah. Especially when it gets to the second half of the verse, right? Through a garden overgrown. Oh, Oh, it's a long walk home. home. I I said I'd not come come back. back. Well, I'm coming coming back. back. And you'd better be alone. I mean, (sighs) it's creepy in especially in the context of everything else and the stalking sort of element, but that I said I'd not come back, well, I'm coming back you'd better be alone is oh my gosh it's just from a kind of like lyrical quality like just ignoring for a moment what that means yes which is terrible (laughs) Um, yes potentially i think or perhaps certainly i don't know those three lines together have just an amazing lyrical cadence and quality to them that i think is gripping
0: And the delivery is perfect, too. Yes, it is. If you just imagine for a second that they had used that moment to, like, ramp up into a chorus and, like, the whole band was, like, building and getting louder and you just screamed the line you'd better be alone. It's a different song. Different. It doesn't work. Totally.
1: Yeah. And not as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah good. exactly. Yeah. There's this cliff that we're eking up to in a quiet sense, and then you drop off into it, into this amazingness that is the chorus repetition. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man.
0: But it's 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 one of maybe two moments on the album where it's just his voice completely naked with no instrumentation behind it. And it's just his natural speaking voice. And it's Mm -hmm. it's, it's stylized. He's he's, yeah, he's working he's, it like he's an actor it. here. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, he's, yeah. Exactly. But it's not a scream. It's not a whisper. It's you know, if you feel like all the special effects have been pulled off, and you see this raw footage of somebody standing there for a second. Yeah. There's not
1: even like a residual guitar tone. Like no. they completely muted the yep. guitar at that moment. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and that relative silence with just leaving that line, "You'd better be alone, bare makes the launch back into the chorus that much more powerful when it happens. But, you know, this line isn't like it's it's an it's an incredible. It's maybe the like standout moment of this album, really, in terms of like if you want somebody to really get why this music works, you need them to listen to this song and to hear the end of verse two.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 100 percent. That's right.
0: Fans have obviously picked up on that because I think for the last like decade, I don't know that Aaron has ever actually said this line at shows because he doesn't have to. I think to. he, just,
1: wa- he <laughs> yeah. just walks away from the mic. Yeah. And just
2: everyone it's else like, says it i'm pretty sure the first time i saw them in 2004 yeah. he didn't say it he yeah. the crowd. like That's he may streaming. have
0: never uttered these words other than the one time they recorded yeah. it like and ever since <laughs> yeah. like, everyone else is just taking care of it for him yeah yeah
1: i i do think... it's his rock star moment he yeah. could like point the mic at the crowd yep yeah yeah
0: and yeah. well and you know there was an interview he did around 10 years after a to b life came out and they were asking him about it and reflecting on it and at that point they still weren't playing a lot of these songs live you know he said that moments like that and i think i think he references this one when he was writing this he was trying he was trying to be over the top creepy like he thought it was funny mm. to to sound like
3: that this creepy that
0: creepy like in a moment like that and and man, did it work! Like it's not like people laugh at the show, but unless it's in the like the sort of laugh because something was awesome, like that, like <laughs> yeah, that experience. Uh, yeah.
1: No, and well, because of insights like that, I almost don't want to parse these lines much. Like the obvious reading is the reading. Yeah. Uh, to me, like yeah, you. <laughs> you is her. You is not God in this line. No,
0: I don't. Th- I don't think there's any reason to take it take it that direction. I think we can read this yeah. pretty straightforwardly. I will say exactly with, with with a shout out to the Renaissance madrigal that this is a perfect madrigalism right here, where the like <laughs> Italian and English composers both would do this thing where they would like make the music do what the words are doing, and like this mm. is a classic stock gesture to have a line about being alone and have a single voice sing it unaccompanied. Silent. Yep. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's
1: what he's going for, but it is fun. Well, no, but there's a reason that that's so effective and why it became like a trope. It it just... why With no classical training at all, that's just the thing that makes sense for this line. Yeah, totally.
3: So... On to the
1: last chorus, and we can kind of talk about both choruses at once. Um, sit there silent, silent, hold silent, folded arms, and, and you smile as I walk, royal, I walk by. My, my face has changed, but you know, know it's me. You know it's me. Come and whisper in my ear, my dear, my dear. My dear, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all... Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
0: No. yeah so <laughs> yeah. so there's so the the difference between the two choruses is the first one ends with you're lying that i don't mind tonight which is also it's a great line whatever like, like however bad that implies like something is going in this relationship from a from an effective standpoint man right yeah it hits you oh the theatricalness <laughs> yeah. of the,
1: i mean this song is the perfect example of like we don't have to defend liking this song. I no. think I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Why do people like horror movies where horrible, yeah. horrible things happen? It's not right. because we're rooting for that to happen. It's right. how effectively it's done. Yeah. This is like the quintessential art piece of this album because it makes you feel creeped out. Like mm-hmm. it, it is art at its finest because it is making you feel exactly what the artists intended, yeah. which is to yeah. be creeped out. Yeah. yeah.
0: But I think I think those lines work as a kind of a parallel. Yeah, you're lying, but I don't mind tonight. And then when it gets around to the end, every time he says the words, it'll be all right. You believe him less. Yes.
1: (laughs) Oh, he's saying it. He's he's muttering it it to himself. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) He's it's like the uh, an abused person, just like continuing to repeat the things that keep them above water in the abusive relationship. And then it descends into this one of the best recorded screams Aaron (laughs) ever does. Having just seen them recently, again, there's times where he just stops singing entirely, unhinges his jaw and screams, like, (laughs) probably more masterfully than I know anyone else to do. And there he is right there 20 years ago. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. this is, yeah, the last just sort of guttural noise is is yeah it's a great way to end the, the track there's there's not really a better way to conclude the thought uh, but you know it at this point it comes even further unhinged not his jaw, but the the sort of character um <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> then earlier i feel like this is, an, this is a parallel to the the phrase everything was beautiful and nothing hurt we've already mm-hmm. heard whatever you know the loaded implications from vonnegut that that has just as a statement everything was beautiful and nothing hurt. You don't quite believe that he really thinks that's true in right. the same way that it'll be all right. But, you know, but the tense matters here. If we're thinking that the gentleman is the beginning of a narrative, everything was beautiful and nothing hurt is the end of a narrative. If, yeah. In that reading, everything was beautiful and nothing hurt is, is entirely looking back mm-hmm. and the line yeah. it'll be all right is entirely looking forward. Like he's hoping this can go somewhere.
1: Yeah, if if someone knows their writing context more more in depth. I don't know what tense it is, but this is a future tense. Mm-hmm. It
0: will be all right as yeah, a future,
1: future tense. I don't right. know if it's if I don't know if it's future perfect or whatever, but um No, I think it's yeah. just simple future. And this was actually the line that queued up for me the the Slaughterhouse 5 theory because if the narrator knows where it's going and he lets out this guttural no at the end. There's this present character, present narrator and, and past person in the moment feeling like, Oh, I wish I could do something. I wish I could break through this glass that I, (laughs) and, and, and fix this problem now. Like just end it now, you know, what are your regrets in life? not ending that crappy relationship earlier <laughs> like this is exactly that yeah
0: oh man but if you read this as like somebody's stuck in this this time cycle i i actually really love that, that like it's almost like he says the words it'll be all right and because he has to because he's back in this loop again and he's like yep. he's trying to get out of saying it'll be all right because he knows it won't be and 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 words fail him and he can just Just make sound like I don't know. Yeah.
1: All he can do is emote. I mean, I I really think that that reading holds more water than I thought it when I was writing this (laughs) late at night before doing. Yeah, I
2: I agree. I think it I think it does. I mean, and even going back to the end of the first chorus where he says, you're lying, but I don't mind tonight. Like, it's almost like he's been here before. Right. When he says, I don't Mm -hmm. mind tonight, like this time. That I'm experiencing this, this time Uh, around. around, Yeah, I don't mind. Like I know you're lying because I've seen the how this
1: ends. Yep. No, again, back to the. I don't mind it. I'm just gonna. It's no, it's to the, the. So that works regardless of if you believe the time loop reading or not, because this scene, this this creepy scene has happened before in the relationship yeah. clearly right. so yes. yeah. whether way, whether sure. there's a repetition
0: yeah, yeah that's no that's perfect well that's and, exactly and it. i hadn't noticed this before there's one other line that's different between the choruses so come and whisper in my ear so, this is a chorus one come and whisper in my ear You're very pretty dear and it'll be all right So yep. she is telling him, I think, so is how to read this, mm-hmm. you're very pretty, dear. And then she says, it'll be all right. And so when he says you're lying, he's responding to her saying it'll be all right. Right. Yep. The second time around, come and whisper in my ear, all she gets to say is, my dear, my dear, the quote stops. And so it's not her saying it'll be all right. right. So she says it the first it's time. him. So it's now him. it's almost like he's reflecting on her words like either hoping they'll be true or just big be bitter because they aren't or something, right?
1: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. It this isn't an actual lyrical change, but I always think it's funny. Um I often I pay a lot of attention to lyrics, but I don't often read them. I like to interpret them myself and then read them mm-hmm. well after I know the song well. And I swear until the preparation for the show where i listened to the song it was my fifth most played song on my spotify wrapped in 2021 so there you go only only because we were prepping for the first four before it yeah so but my face is changed the second time he says it he says it with such emotion that you could almost interpret it as him saying "shave" or something to that so (laughs) Like you're hearing what the change is this time around. He doesn't actually say that, that's not how it's written anywhere. But my face is shaved, is how I have heard it for damn near a decade. (laughs) And so it's this like changing his face, but it's still, but you know, it's me.
3: Yeah,
1: oh man, so cool.
0: Well, even just, I mean. Even even if he didn't intend to say the word shaved, the fact that like his his utterance is transformed that second time yep. around does at a really detailed sonic level what the lyrics are literally saying. Oh, no,
1: it's the uh, the magicalization. Is that what you yeah, call sure. it? It's, it's yeah. it, at least how he is singing it and what is being sung yeah. like he changed the way he sings yeah. it. And one of the best things, in my opinion, about Aaron as a singer is he's not singing these words typically the same way between performances. Mm-hmm. You know, he Because he's not taking a breath at the same point, so he's saying certain parts of the line more hurried than others because he needs to get air into his lungs. Yep. So <laughs> that's that change is constantly happening, so that's even yeah. more oh, fun. Oh, man. Wow. Okay.
0: Sorry to keep bringing this back. The two choruses no, continue to appear more different than I thought because the first one, he says, You know it's me, you know by the stillness in my eyes which yep. is which is a great mm-hmm. line and also what an image.
1: Yep. Like we've yeah. already
0: talked about about like eye contact and you mm-hmm. know that comes up in different ways different places in this album but for yeah. for her to make eye contact with him and for what she gets is eyes that aren't moving, you know, no blinking, no turning side to side. That that plays right into the imagery of, you know, the heavy breathing and you better be alone. But that's a weird way to look at somebody. I'm just going to say.
1: No, it is. It totally is. It it makes me think of the Seinfeld episode with the uh, the woman who doesn't move her arms. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Is <laughs> she sitting there silent, folded arms, Yeah. looking yep. down as he walks by? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, That's so, it. so the second time, he doesn't need to say anything about the stillness in his eyes. So it's like, this so is the second time around. My face has changed, but you know, it's me. You know, it's me. It's like, like, skip the the pleasantries or skip the details like it's doing a similar thing to the it'll be all right repeating and and the my dear and so you're very pretty dear gets truncated to my dear my dear like there's all these sort of micro transformations Shifts. where the well the th-
1: second line changes too and you look down as i walk by and you smile as i walk oh, w- as i walk by
0: I, I mean wow i like i didn't notice any of that until we were just talking about it now i just oh, yeah it's, it's a course it happens twice
1: <laughs> i love no i love that though because Okay, so why is she smiling? Like there's there's almost this disdain in the first chorus and now she's smiling. Like is there an irony? Is that an ironic smile? Is it uh, Oh boy, I don't
0: know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and like maybe she gets the joke that you better be alone. Like it's uh, she's responding <laughs> yeah. appropriately.
1: Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh you up to your old creepy mouth breather <laughs> tricks again, I guess.
3: Yeah, that's uh, <laughs>
1: Do you have anything to say about the music as we exit, as we transition to Be Still Child? I
0: do. and, And I'll talk more about how this song links with Be Still Child on that episode. But the ending of this song is a recap of the beginning, but the speed of it is ratcheted up. So instead of we just get... That that tritone resolving out to a perfect fifth happens twice as fast, and it's more insistent and just keeps repeating. It's like like the heart rate and like breathing rate has increased. It's like yep. the same experience, but everything's just on hyperdrive. Um, yep. And I don't think that's well,
1: it you you played the Halloween theme earlier, <laughs> yeah. and it's like that. It yep. feels even more that
0: way now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, and even that the Halloween theme, you know, and I can't. I, I, I've never even seen that movie, but like I know, I know that little riff, and I, and I think in the, the first episode, of "Bullet to Binary," like there's something about that "Bullet to Binary" opening that feels yep. very yep. much right. like that, right? Um, and it's those same two notes: it's A and E at the beginning of "Bullet to Binary," which is where "Gentleman" resolves. So "Bullet to Binary" starts mm. something like that, and then here's "Gentleman." Same bass note, same upper notes, but just with that, that thing inserted in. Whereas in bullet to binary, mm-hmm. there's never a high F. It's never.
3: But the, the bass goes down to an F.
0: And that's I, I could I could really just go someplace that's not like musically helpful right right there. But but there's different <laughs> there's different half-step tendencies and it, and in in gentlemen you get a tritone resolving out in bullet to binary. Mm-hmm. You get implying something going down and then coming up again. But yeah, the ending, the ending is super exciting. It's a great way to end the song. It's like, he's, he's run out of words and the band has run out of music. They just go back to the same thing, but just play it faster and more yeah. intensely. Yep. And, and it, it all feels so much of a piece that it's just, it's just perfect.
3: It is.
1: It is. <sighs> It's just this. It, it's the closest thing you can get to bottling and selling just like unrest in a relationship, yep. whatever that unrest is. Yep. And oh my god, it's so perfect. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason I think all three of us said this is our favorite track on the album. Yeah. And there is a reason <laughs> yeah. for that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. And I like it now more than I did before this conversation. So. I hope... <laughs> yeah, because now hope we have to that do this. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So subtle changes. I'm going to listen to them so much more intently now. Wow. And we hope you do too.
3: (laughs) Yep.